Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for joining. No matter where you are tuning in, we appreciate it. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panetta. We are in studio, downtown Salem, Oregon. Happy to be here. This is the home of the Groundwork Leadership Institute, which was started a little over a year ago. And we started it with one goal in mind, and it was to raise the tide of leadership in our community. We really believe in building leaders from the ground up, and we wanted to be intentional about it. And so we want leaders uh, that are capable and ready now, and there certainly are many in our community, but we want more, and we want that for many years to come. And so we decided, like I mentioned, to be intentional about it, and we created this, and we believe in shared knowledge. We always have different instructors in our monthly sessions with our leaders. We have this podcast where we're trying to learn as much from as many others as we can, uh, and we're just starting out, so we're learning a lot every day, but we're happy to do it, and we're happy to be here. So today, a really special one for you. And when I say a special one, I mean a special guest. Uh, We have an incredible guest today, somebody that I really admire. And uh, before I phone him up and have him join us, I just want to say a couple of things. And nobody asked me to say these things. This is just my personal thoughts. I've been friends with him. His name's Colby Bauer for several years. We were teammates in college together. We both played college soccer and I had the opportunity to be uh, his teammate and he was awesome. And I'll tell you more about that later. But he's also the CEO and co-founder of ThreadWallets. So if you've never heard of ThreadWallets, uh, I encourage you to check them out, threadwallets.com. Again, nobody, nobody asked me to say this, but they're incredible wallets. Ever since he started the company and actually started to you know, think about it in college when we were playing, uh, and I remember him bringing samples of, uh, for, to us at practice to just try out, and it was, it was kind of fun to see how it's grown because it's, it's grown quite a bit since then. Um, but they're the only wallet I've owned since then. I love them. They have very, very a lot of different styles. Excuse me. They have um, several different styles, and they have uh, a few other products. They're really great quality and just style. I mean, they're stylish. I mean, that's really one of the main selling points. They're just minimal. Minim- they're very minimalistic, um, and they have incredible designs. And I can't say enough about them. But what I really want to say before Colby joins, throughout my life, uh, you know, I've been able to meet a lot of uh, people, like most of us have. Some of them great, some of them not so great, but there's been a handful of them that have left a lasting impression on me. You know, people that I think I will continue and always will continue to admire and always think highly of. And Colby, without a doubt to me, is one of those people for many reasons, which I hope we can get into today with him. Um, but he he left an impression on me and I appreciate my friendship with him. Uh, you know, I wish that uh, we were closer in physical proximity so I could actually maybe see him more, but you know, we're a few states away from one another, but uh, he's in, he's awesome. I'm happy for him to be on the show today. I'm grateful for that. I hope that all of you enjoy him. Uh, I know that I will. Uh, let's get him on. All right. So we have uh, Colby here on the line. Colby, before you joined, uh, so you know, I gave you a brief intro and I said some really nice things about you. So don't, <laughs> don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can live up to that, man. No, uh, but I'll, as I mentioned before, I'll give uh, uh, you know a, a, a more thorough intro to Colby. Colby and I, as I mentioned, we were you know I met him. We were teammates in college. We played college collegiate soccer together, and uh, you know I was I was impressed with Colby ever since I I met him. I mentioned that um, uh, you know I admire him, but uh, and I also mentioned thread wallets, and I'll allow him to talk a lot more about. Thread wallets and kind of their journey, um, but that's what he's doing now, and I'm sure he's involved in 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 other things as well. People like Colby tend to. 
be involved in, in a lot more than just one thing. Um, but, uh, he's got a great family. Um, I, I know his uh, wife, we actually studied the same major and our wives share the same name, Mackenzie. So that's kind of a, <laughs> a fun thing in common. And how many kids do you have now, Colby? Is it two or? Yeah. Two little girls, one, uh, three and a half year old and the other just turned a year. Dude, that's awesome. We just had, we just had our third. She's three months old. So, oh, wow. yeah. So we have a girl, girl, boy, girl. Um, so that's, that's really fun. Um, so there's a lot that I could say, uh, about Colby, but I really appreciate him, uh, joining us today. Um, and I look forward to what anybody listening and all of you can, can learn from him. So Colby, is there, what else can you, uh, tell us about yourself uh, as an intro? Well, yeah, thank you for all the compliments. Um, I would say at the core of who I am, I put God first and I put family first. Um, and just people in general first, and that's, uh, easier said than done sometimes. Um, but it's, I think that, uh, I've learned through life lessons that that's really where I find the most fulfillment is within relationships. Um, but aside from that, I'm also interested in my own, you know, hobbies and, you know, personal interests, which bring me mental health and physical health. So over the past five years, since, um, graduating college and, kind of hanging up the cleats, um, so to speak. I got into skateboarding, which you would think, why would a 25-year-old person get into skateboarding? And why wasn't he doing that when he was 12, you know? <laughs> but I, I, for some reason, I think I, it brought youth to um, when I needed it most. And it's a sport where there's nobody cheering you on except for yourself most of the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to pick yourself up a lot. And so it creates this uh, this mental strength of, um, you know, in order to progress, you got to hit the concrete a few times, um, break, break a few bones. And so I, I, uh, I like a challenge. I also love the creativity within skating and the style and more, more than just skateboarding, but there's a lifestyle driven by that. So fashion and music and, and the things that I love. So, yeah. um, anyways, skateboarding has become a, a massive passion for me. And then obviously becoming a dad over the past few years has been um, one of my biggest joys and, um, and then like you mentioned, running a company, uh, it's been growing. And so going from just my wife and I in her childhood bedroom now to <laughs> 22 employees and, you know, a nice headquarters in Utah is, um, humbling. And, um, also one of the funnest things I've done in my life. Yeah. And we will talk about this more later because I would love for you to share the the, th the thread wallet's journey, but, you know, recently, uh, Inc 5,000 lists like 104th, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, so much growth you've had in just the last uh, few years. Um, but it's, yeah. it's funny, you know, you mentioned, I was thinking of, I was, I was looking forward to this all week and, and, you know, thinking of, of, of you and, and just, just reflecting on, you know, the time that we were able to share as teammates and, and other experiences we had. And, and it's funny, you mentioned, uh, hanging up the cleats because one of the, you know, when I think of people, especially those that leave an impression on me, I, I kind of, in my mind at least, and this might be weird with how I make sense of it, uh, you know, I, I, I start to, I, re I remember specific moments in which they had an impression on me and a lesson that I learned from them. And I had a few um, that I've learned from you and you probably maybe never think of these moments, but they were, uh, you know, they were impactful to me, but we, uh, uh, you know, you remember and Col Colby and I, we, we went to a few uh, combines together and Colby, uh, He'll hate, he'll hate that I say this, um, but one of the best, uh, if not the best uh, 
players I've ever been able to to play with. I mean, he's just really talented um, athlete and uh, high IQ of of the game, just in, incredible. So going to pro combines, it was it was in my mind, it was kind of a given that you would have opportunities to play, which you did, and uh, you ended up not taking them, which is part of this example that um, I learned from you. But we were we were at one of them. And we were talking about life goals and things that we wanted to do. And uh, you had mentioned that, you know, you, you started to share with me where your heart was somewhere, you know, it was, it was really towards, obviously, what, what you've mentioned, your, your family and growing it and specifically growing the company. And, and at that point, it was, I mean, it, was, it wasn't really, start, it hadn't started completely yet. Um, and it was, it was an idea as, at that point. And, and you were talking about how that's where your passion was, but but you needed to see, you know, you needed to see what would happen um, as a as an athlete, and 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 you 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 talked about some like some spiritual underpinnings to it, and and it just spoke to me um, of the values that you had and how you kind of knew you knew where where your heart was, um, but you you first followed um, you know these these promptings and these feelings that you had and. And uh, whether you're spiritual or not, I mean, that's something to to be mindful of as as people and as leaders as to when we have a strong feeling for anything to follow it. Um, but that conversation in general uh, just was memorable to me and stuck out to me of here's somebody that knows what knows what they they want um, and is thinking of the right things. You weren't thinking of a life of how can I just have the most fun all the time and and get into trouble. <laughs> When we were the age where that's maybe what you know people our age did, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you were so driven, um, and uh, you knew exactly what you wanted, and where where we were just sitting around um, waiting in between sessions, you know I'm like goofing off playing games, and here's Colby <laughs> next to me doing work on his computer, you know just getting things done for thread wallets uh, back when before they were even you know they even started. It just just incredible example to me. So that was one of those moments that I I'll never forget. Well, man, it's funny you even bring it up because while you say I, I knew exactly what I wanted, I was like such in, a, in the weeds on that. I was praying hard of like, where do I go? It seemed like a fork in the road for me at that point. And there was, you know, like you said, I had an opportunity to play pro soccer. And then I had an opportunity to um, work with my dad as a financial advisor and kind of, you know, with the future of taking over his firm. And then there was this kind of dumb wallet idea that I had. And uh, I really wanted to pursue that as well. And so it was, it was weird because um, I would pray and I would think about it a lot. Nothing really ever felt so like, this is what you need to do. You know, like this is, yeah. this is where you're going to find the most success, whatever. And I remember um, there's, you know, one of the, my favorite leaders, his name's Jeffrey R. Holland. Mm -hmm. he, he brings up a story where he was on kind of a fork in the road. Yeah. I remember you, were, I remember you were, sharing this with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were lost, you know, him and his dad. And they, they prayed and, you know, they believed in God that God would help. And they felt very strongly that they were supposed to go down this one road and not even 600 yards down the road. It was a dead end. And then he asked his dad, he was like, why did God tell us this way? If this was the wrong way. And his dad said, sometimes God will lead you down the shortest path to know for you to know exactly which path is the right one. So yeah. You know, if you, he was to direct us down the long path that has more turns and it's, you know, miles and miles, then maybe we'd be questioning the whole time if that was the right one. Whereas he knew that that road was a 600 yard road and you could turn around and go down the right one with confidence. To me, that's what happened at that time in my life was 
I wanted to go down multiple roads just to see how I felt. And soccer mm-hmm. was one of those. I went to a few combines, like you mentioned, and one of the drafts or one of the combines I went to, uh, the very, very first game. So it's like a three day gig. And I was all hyped on ready to go, ready to impress. And like, you know, um, the first game I had by halftime, I had two goals and one assist, which for me, I wasn't a big goal scorer and, um, I was more defensive. Yeah. You're, you're defensive minded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was just on fire and I, you could tell I was, you know, um, playing really well. And then one play I reached out and, um, got into a tackle and I just completely destroyed my ankle. And I remember like not even crying over the fact that like, this could be the end Mm. and thinking like where, so it kind of like put myself in check. Like, is my heart really in this? Is this the like end of the 600 yard road? And, um, I guess I talked to my dad that night and he was like really impressed with my, just my perspective of like getting injured. Cause he's like, he's probably rooting for me. Like, I gotta get, have a Sunbill pro Mm -hmm. and just that that's where my dad is. And so, um, I think he would probably take it harder, but I was like, you know what? I'm actually kind of like, this helps me realize I'm not, I'm not super in it. And yeah. so um, that anyways, I think that happens. There's always forks in the road. And so I think even if you don't feel impressed when, one way or the other, just go down the path and just see how it feels. That's kind of how I've treated a lot of decisions in my life. And it's been very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said about that. And I, I remember, I mean, I was at that that combine with you and, and Colby was getting a lot of attention and he was really, uh, you know, playing well and, and just in general, just a great, great athlete. And, and, and perhaps maybe the reason why I, I like that story and, and and how I learned from it so much from you is because it wasn't too long after that that I had to make a similar decision. And I had, uh, you know, a couple of opportunities ready to sign a paper almost, uh, you know, to sign a contract. And and I remember um, the conversation that we had and, and I just remember feeling like, well, it's here. I mean, everything you want, you know, you wanted to play. Sure, it's in a small league in a foreign country, but you can play. Uh, yeah. And I just remember feeling the that level of fulfillment that, you know, athletics and soccer had always brought me just wasn't there anymore. And so I knew, you know, I knew that I, I knew that I got there. And so I think that's why that conversation that we had um, meant a lot to me because it, it prepared me for when I too was, you know, at, at down that path. And, and I knew that it, it wasn't the right one. And to be honest, um, as much as I love the game and my wife as well, and we try to stay close to it and we coach still. Um, I'm so glad that I didn't do that because I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I know where I'm at now is the right thing. Um, so there's a lot, and there's a lot to be said about that. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate, cool. I appreciate you being open and honest about, you know, just the, the spiritual journey that it was for you. And I, I think leaders, no matter, no matter the religion or the background, we ought to be in tune with, 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 Absolutely. with that, whatever the divine yeah. is to us, we need to, we ought to be in tune with it. So. Appreciate that. Yeah, some some call it gut feeling. I call it the Holy Ghost. But mm-hmm. either way, I think there's an intuition that most leaders have, and I think it's important that you follow it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, thank you um, for expounding more on that. Um, uh, look, I I made some notes here about just you know I have notes here with your name and different things I wanted yeah. to talk about, and I have. Uh, <laughs> I had an order of what I wanted to talk about and, and I have, you know, the thread wallet story and, and I have humility next to it because I know that you're not the type of person that just wants to talk about themselves all day, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I like you. You're just extremely humble and, and, uh, but I would lo- love for you to just share this, you know, 
a story, a synopsis of of thread wallets, all the way from when you had the idea and you used to bring prototype wallets to practice for us to try out. Um, (laughs) And I remember one time, you know, I saw you uh, uh, because we went, you know, for those listening, we went to school in Hawaii, but you also, you know, you live back and forth in Utah and I was there for a holiday and I remember you had you had just got the printing machine. You're carrying it in the back of your your car. So oh, yeah. from those uh, from those early moments, uh, you know, to where you're at now, and you know, making a pretty uh, significant accomplishment, being an Eek five thousand, and you know, just growing so fast. If you would share some of that story with us, I think there's a lot to to learn there and be inspired by. Cool. Yeah, my wife and I started it in 2014. I had the idea at school and. I'll kind of put this on a nutshell, but I lost my wallet in the ocean and um, looked online for a new one. And there was nothing but just black and brown, bulky wallets, the George Costanzas of the world. And I was like, <laughs> we need some innovation here and we need some minimalism here. So yeah. um, I actually just started using a rubber band and I loved it. I was like, I actually wouldn't mind just a rubber band for my my whole life. But I thought, um, you know, if I like this so much, let's just see if, if I can create a better rubber band, so to speak. And, and really put some fun prints and that expression, expressive side to it um, on the wallets. And to me, that's what I wanted. And it turns out that that's what a lot of other people wanted yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. so we, we started slow. We, um, like you mentioned, we were out in Hawaii and I had made a thousand wallets um, to take out to Hawaii. I brought them in this massive suitcase. And my goal was to just sell through them at local surf shops throughout the semester. And, you know, being as busy as I was, I had, it was like three fourths the way of the semester and I'd sold zero. And I was like, what are we going to do with all these wallets sitting here in, in a suitcase? And, um, Mackenzie goes, well, there's a farmer's market at school and we could do that. And I said, oh, cool, let's do it. So it was a very small farmer's market, as you can imagine in Hawaii, um, it was on campus. And in order to just liquidate all of our product, we said, we listed them at $15, but then we marked them down to $5. So it was like a big deal. Holidays were coming up. So people were just buying stocking stuffers and they started to fly off. And even though they were cheap, we thought we saw people's eyes widen and, and they loved the product. Mm-hmm. And so we started to get this like face-to-face feedback that we just needed yeah. in order for us to feel like there is something here. Yeah, some validation. That validation was so key. We um, then got back home. And this is where like the fork in the road comes into play. It was like, what do we do? Like, there's something here. What do we do? We pursue it. And we thought we're young. We don't really have many liabilities or responsibilities at this time. Like, this is the best time to go for it. So we gave ourselves six months. We put a deadline on it and said, well, if it's not going well in six months, we'll reevaluate. If it is, then we'll, we got our answer. So we did a Kickstarter campaign and launched it and um, it did well. It didn't do like a home run, but it was, you know, enough to say, um, you know, like over $30,000 or something. Mm -hmm. And then the next day after the Kickstarter, we launched our website and the first day we had like $16,000 in that day. And I was just like, wow, it's like more money than I'd ever seen. You know, I've like, I've lived off of like $200 a month my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. And I guess for me and um, my wife, Mackenzie, we're, we're not hard to please. We're not high maintenance, um, very conservative financially. And um, we thought if we could just sell 10 a day, get up to 10 a day, that would be a good living. We could we could make enough money where this could actually work and fund our lifestyle. So we set that out. And, uh, you know, in the next year, um, giving it just a kind of a track record, um, we just did 150,000, roughly 150,000 that year. And that to me was like the most humbling thing where I was like, I would have been happy with 60,000, you know, mm-hmm. 
but um you know due to our hard work and i would i would definitely throw in god's help and friends and family um we we started to see it take off and then um you know over the past five years it's grown to eight figure company a year and um it's been very very humbling for every single step of the way i'm just like i can't I never would have imagined that it would have gotten to where it is now. And it's, it's still a small business, relatively speaking. But for me, this is like, this is what I dreamed of. This is yeah. what I would have hoped in my wildest dreams that would come true. And it has come true. And to your, I would say your point and um, somewhat of a pat on my back um, and Mackenzie's back is we've tried to remain humble and grateful along the whole way. Yeah. But a, a huge, um, I would say the missing piece or the piece that, I haven't sp- spoken to yet is the humility of each of our team members that we've brought mm-hmm. on board. Yeah. Um, that is the number one characteristic I look for when hiring. There's a lot to be said about skill sets and experience, but if they don't come with humility, then they just can't fit at thread. And so yeah. I, 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 you know, people say hire fast or was it hire slow, fire fast. Um, my take on that one is hire smart and fire fast, but not fast, not too fast, you know, yeah. let, let them get, get a stride going. Because sometimes if you fire too quick, you might be firing the person who might bring you the most value later on. Yeah. And I think sometimes just requires a little bit, a little bit more patience. And if you can see that potential in someone, then really bring it out of them and, and start to develop them. Um, that to me has been the funnest part of running a company is to work with humble people, creative people, um, and like-minded individuals that, um, all bring so much, uh, you know, different perspectives for me and mm-hmm. I get to learn from them. So it's, yeah, I think, uh, I'm, I'm humbled at just like the success we've seen. Yeah. No, I, there's, there's a lot there that just so many thoughts were coming to mind. Uh, first of all, I mean, it's clear, and this is why I, I wanted to get you on, on our podcast. You know, we want to learn from leaders and, and you, this, the way you speak, you, you speak like a, like a, a CEO of a, a successful company and like a, a leader that a lot of people want to work would want would love to work for, um, and so the, just the way you you talk is is um, is is valuable and a lot of people can can learn from just that two minute segment that you you shared. But I love that you look for humility and you know we we spoke a little bit about our framework here and we talked about soil and. And anybody who who listens or who's listened to our previous podcast get the significance that that has for us. But I mean, it, it, from the hiring point, you're being intentional about your soil. You don't want anything to come into your soil that will potentially toxify it or or you know get in the way of the seeds that you've planted that have proven to be successful to grow. And and I just I love that. I mean, that's that to me is intentionality and, and being a steward of of the soil that that you, uh, you know, are entrusted, uh, with, um, right. And yeah, so people, people, I, I love that. Oh, no, people ask, um, how we even hire, how, how we found these people. And quite frankly, I have no idea other than just a hope and a prayer. Um, yeah. but I think one of, you know, one of the strengths I can bring to the table is seeing somebody's potential. So while they might not be there yet, you can see where they could be. Yeah. And, um, you know, Soil sometimes takes a little bit of work to get soft, to get, to get Mm -hmm. moist. Um, but you also have to be in a place where that it can get soft and it can get moist. Like it, it, it's not like all soil can get there. And then to the point of soil, there's, it has to be soft enough, but it also has to be firm enough. So there's, 
there's a level of um, humility that it requires, but then also a level of grit and, mm-hmm. um, you know, sternness and not being afraid to share your opinion and maybe even butt heads a little bit. Yeah. Um, and not in a negative way, but really not be afraid to share your opinion. And so that's, to me, if there's anything that we've done well with our culture, it's candor, really allowing people to speak their minds and not get offended and not feel like they are offending. That yeah. We're in it together. We're all on the same team. And while we might see it from different angles and sometimes those are conflicting, it's okay. And like that, that is what you need in order to make the most well-rounded decision, the, 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 the wisest decision. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're looking at it from just one angle and it might look really good from that angle. But if you go around on the other side, maybe financially, it's the worst thing, you know, it's the mm-hmm. worst decision. And so that's where I appreciate pushback and I appreciate candor where every one of our employees that they're all humble, but they also bring this, this, uh, opinion to the table and even if it even if it's conflicting they're not afraid to bring it to the table because they know it'll be for the the greater good and so i think there's that good to the analogy of soil you got to have it firm enough and soft enough at the same time yeah absolutely and i i love i love the idea of of course it needs to be soft especially if we want to plant in it but it you know if it's too soft nothing will it will again will take root and uh hiring, you know, from the, from the outset like that and creating that environment and culture of safety that it sounds like you've, you know, you have been and are continuing to create is, is crucial. And a lot of, a lot of my work that I, I do with different groups and leaders is always about safety. I mean, how can, how can we create safety in an organization on all accords? Um, but specifically what you're mentioning to where people can feel safe to, to share and to, to talk and to contribute. Um, and that's where some of the best, uh, the best ideas come, uh, from is, is, is the ability and the environment where that's cultivated. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I thought of a, you know, I thought of a story as you were, you were talking about soft, but not too soft, right. And having some grit and, and being, being accountable and being willing to sometimes say that the difficult thing, um, because we're, we're part of a team and that, that to me is not, um, a quality that. I think that you have learned just being a CEO of a, of a company. I mean, you were that way uh, when we played. And uh, I mean, just a, a next story that came to mind was, um, and you know, as an athlete, you were pretty laid back, I would say. I mean, and maybe you would, you know, you probably agree with that. You were a laid back uh, individual, but, um, <laughs> yeah. and that was nice. That was really calming for, for a lot of us a lot of times, but you knew when to have the grit as well. And there was one particular practice where we were, uh, we were working on some set pieces and, you know, I played goalkeeper for anybody that, that is listening and, and, uh, we're working on set pieces over and over and over again, and they're all in the box. And so I gotta, I gotta take charge and I gotta be, you know, I gotta do my job in there and I have to organize and I gotta be vocal and I gotta be loud and I gotta be aggressive. And we were just doing it for so long that I just started to let off the gas pedal a little bit and I started to be less aggressive and, uh, and we weren't getting it right. We weren't getting it to where our coach wanted it to be. And so after me just not being aggressive on a certain uh, play where I was supposed to, where I should have got the ball, I remember you just yelling, yelling at me, Panetta, come on, man. And you just got after me. And, uh, you know, in the, mo- like instantly in the moment, in the moment, you know, I had this emotion of, you know, being defensive, but it, I mean, it didn't last long because I needed it. And because I know that, I, I just knew you and I knew your intent and I knew where your heart was at and I knew where, where, what you were caring about, that you weren't concerned about yourself in that moment. You were concerned not only about me, but 
but our our team and if we're going to get this down if we're going to be prepared so that you know that that was another one of those moments that spoke volumes to me of uh, uh and left an impression on me of of accountability and and knowing the times to 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 be hard you know versus the times to be to be soft um yeah i just watched if you've watched the last dance about the chicago bulls yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I have. I've, I've, I just finished it. I was like addicted to. It. I was like up till three thirty watching it last <laughs> night, and uh, <laughs> I finished it. But one of the things that impressed me was Steve Kerr talking about Michael Jordan, yeah. and he said that dude was scary. Everyone on the team was afraid of Michael Jordan, <laughs> and um, and then Michael Jordan spoke to it too, and he said, "Winning comes at a cost," and it got me thinking about that where, you know, when Michael Jordan took his little break and went into baseball for a year yeah. after his dad died, he, um, Scotty Pippen had to rise as the, the team captain Yeah, and Scotty, they spoke to Scotty's way of leading and he was a little bit finer touch is what they said. And he, he would throw his arm around you and, um, he was a little bit like just more sympathetic, I think. Mm-hmm. And while they, they did well, they didn't win. And so it got me thinking, at what point are you okay to get in somebody's face and, or just to like really maybe yell at them or, you know, really motivate them like Michael Jordan would do all the time and, and use fear as a tactic, if at all, or, um, you know, maybe where it sparks defensiveness, where you're not afraid to just approach it with fire, you know, some aggression versus when do you throw your arm around them Mm -hmm. and maybe talk to them in private and and kind of go the scotty pippen route and i don't know the answer and i think it's different for every situation maybe different people yeah but i do know if there's one thing that i've learned is there are times for aggressiveness there Mm -hmm. are sometimes to break through this lackadaisical mindset or approach to life or the job it requires just a little bit more heat Mm -hmm. and just recently i've we hired somebody about a year and a half ago and I started to see him tail off and he's done this kind of up and down. And I had to have this really, really like strong heart to heart with him. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty bold. You know, I, I'd say bold is more, more than just, uh, I would say like bold is the word and not like prideful or, uh, too aggressive and it's fear, like leading with fear, but leading with boldness. Yeah. I think there's a, a separation there. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I really approached with boldness to him. And since then, that was the conversation I had maybe four months ago he's picked it up and he knows where I'm at. There's an expectation. There's a standard that I expect of him and he knows it. It's clear. And then he also knows the consequences if that standard doesn't get reached. And so there's, you know, I think to me, it's a balance. It can't be Michael Jordan all the time, you know, where you're just in people's faces and -hmm. and, and leading too much with fear, but it's also not Scotty Pippen all the time. Yeah. And so um, finding the balance of making sure the people you're leading feel like you really care about them. Like hopefully you felt when I got in your face a little bit, um, that you knew that I cared about Chris, that I, that I respected you and that I respected what you're doing, but that maybe you just needed a little bit of kick in the butt, you know? And so, um, if you didn't feel like I loved and respected you, that defensiveness probably would have lasted a lot longer than maybe a minute or so, you know, Mm -hmm. and you would have held a grudge. And so there's, you have to lead with, kind of uh, depositing into this emotional bank before you can yeah. um, with, withdraw this, uh, maybe some of the boldness that that's needed. So anyways, thanks for um, highlighting that. I think even as I was speaking, I was thinking, man, I could, I could do better at that. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously 
you know, it left an impression on me. So, uh, I, you know, I, I immediately knew you cared and, and it reminded me where I needed to be focused. Um, and we need that, that kick uh, every once in a while. Um, not literally leaders don't go kick your employees, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's funny on the flip side, I like yeah, you, you frame it in this Scotty Pippen approach. Cause, uh, you know, another example I thought of, um, just in, in me, my relationship with you, you know, over the years, uh, on the Scotty Pippen approach, it was actually an analogy of putting you putting your arm around somebody. You know, there was a time where you really put your arm around the the entire team when we needed it, uh, and it was uh, a game that we had. Uh, I can't remember which season it was, which year, but we had done really well in preseason. We hadn't lost yet. We tied a couple times. We, you know, we didn't have any goals scored on us defensively, and we were doing really well. And then we went to go play University of Hawaii Hilo, and we got we just fell apart and got spanked and. Everybody was so disappointed and so upset for good reason. And uh, coach didn't really know what to say. You know, nobody really knew what to say. But uh, uh, I, I don't know if coach asked you to say this or not. But, um, you know, you, you, you stood up and you shared with us your um, philosophy and theory on defeat like that. Because uh, it's easy. But any athlete knows or anybody that, you know, works hard for something and loses, they know the feeling. It's not fun. It sucks. And and it's hard to get it away, get it out of your mind. But you shared this, and it won't, it's not it's not word for word, but you shared something along the lines of, you know, what you do personally. You said, you know, I I take fifteen minutes after a loss like this, and I uh, I I let all of the emotion come in, you know, and be angry, uh, pissed off, uh, upset about what it was. I try to learn from those things, you know. But then after fifteen minutes, I start to realize that. I, you know, there's no sense in holding on to this emotion, but just to learn from it and to let it go. I mean, to just be willing to, to let it go because it's not going to be helpful and help us prepare for, um, the next time. Sure. It might motivate us, you know, a little bit, but, but, you know, for our whole team, we needed to hear something like that because we were doing so well and then we got beat so horribly. And that was, that turned out to be a pretty great season for us. I mean, after that moment, um, we took another game to figure it out. And I think we, you know, we had we had a pretty successful season, but I don't know if you remember that moment, but you shared that with the whole team. Uh, and that yeah. was just one of those moments of, you know, putting, putting your arm around, uh, not just me, but the team of like, this happens, be upset, but then let it go. <laughs> just let it yeah, go. Yeah. I, I definitely remember that. I think, um, what I call it is having a shallow rock bottom mm. because, uh, within my life that. I've had for the last 30 years, my, my mom has been, an alcoholic and a drug addict. And so I've seen this rock bottom seem like it never, ever comes. She's still suffering from this illness and um, it's an emotional roller coaster. And so I've learned to know when you fail, when you mess up, which always, when, when you, you always do, it's not about the failure that, that can get you down. I think it's what, what any good leader or any um, successful person will do is use that failure as just a learning experience, a stepping stone to a greater success. And so, um, having a shallow rock bottom, being able to bounce back quick, um, it could be a split second within a soccer game. You might have a bad play being able to brush that off really fast and not let it affect the rest of the the 90 other minutes that you're playing mm-hmm. is so important. And so, and that goes for personal life. You know, you might have goals within health or diet and you say, Oh crap, I ate um, some ice cream. Well, I, I ate ice cream now. I can't, now I already failed on my diet. So I'm guessing I'm going to eat ice cream again the next mm-hmm. day. 
it, it's not about that. It's about, okay, I ate ice cream. I failed, whatever, bounce back, you know, have a shallow rock bottom. And I think I said those things to the team because I remember at BYU on a different team, not BYU Hawaii, I, I would do the same tactic. I would let myself feel these emotions, get angry, whatever, critique myself, critique the team, whatever. And I let go. And then I get back to the hotel and I'm still like, I'm, I'm like back to normal. You know, I'm like laughing, having a good time and everyone else is maybe like down and it it looks bad. It looks, it makes me look like he doesn't care, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I had to clear the air to, for everyone to know and, and everyone processes emotions differently. So I wasn't expecting anybody else to do that, but I think I needed them to know that like, this is what's going to happen from here on out. We, we had a really crappy game. We lost, but to know that I'm not going to let that affect my, the rest of my night. And I'm sorry if you are, and if that's how you have to process it, but know that like, it doesn't, it's not me not caring. Um, and I think the biggest part of leadership is having this pendulum that doesn't swing too far on either side. So even when you win, you're not getting too, too high and too prideful where then, because we all know pride will precede the fall. You have to stay even kill and on the flip side, when you fail, you can't swing too far on that side either. And so keeping this pendulum under control, um, I think is important for the rest of the team um, and team meaning family or uh, your company or your school or whatever you're leading. Um, they need somebody who's not going to get too crazy on one, one side or the other. Yeah. Someone level-headed. Um, I really like, I love this. I mean, I wrote it down. I'm going to remember it have a shallow rock bottom. I love, I love that. Um, just a couple of, a few episodes ago, I, I had my, uh, my brother-in-law on and he's a clinical social worker in the prison systems. And he works with people that have hit a rock bottom. And, and like you mentioned, just keeps, it's like when, it, sometimes it's when will the bottom actually hit, come. And, and I, I just, I love that idea of, of having a shallow rock bottom, no matter, I think it applies no matter the circumstance we're in, no matter if it's a a simple, silly thing like ice cream or something more drastic. Um, I, I, I believe strongly in the power of, of that our perception and our mindset has on things. And, um, and I love that idea of having a shallow rock bottom. How do you, and this goes along with perhaps the pendulum, but what do you do, um, you know, as a leader within uh, thread wallets to, to invoke that way of thinking? And maybe you, maybe you say that phrase often. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, expound on we, that had, we had just to give you an example I mean, COVID hit and it hit hard and we, we dropped, you know, sales dropped. And for me, you know, to the team, I had to keep this optimistic view that we'll make it out, you know, and that, um, we'll prepare and, um, we'll do everything we can in our power, but sometimes it's out of our control. And so we, we made a, a plan, a COVID plan. And we had three phases, you know, one, as it gets worse, one, two or three, what are, what are our consequences? What do we decide to do? And so for the team to know that I am processing these things, it's not that I'm going to go um, freak out when things go bad, but that mm-hmm. I'm, but that I'm processing them well, I'm coming up with a plan to navigate the storm, so to speak, and um, make sure that we're, we'll come out this alive. Um, so I would say, you know, planning has been huge. And then on the, on, on the other side, when things came out of COVID, we actually saw a double growth. So over the last Mm -hmm. two months, we've seen insane amount of growth. And, um, you know, a lot of people start planning out 
okay, it, we should expect this from here on out. And I say, this is awesome. Let's ride this wave. This is an amazing wave we're riding, but just know it's not always going to be like that. And not just a week, this week, actually, um, things started to go back downhill. We're kind of hitting this, like this little dip. Mm-hmm. And, and I just know you have to kind of prepare your, your mindset, your emotions to be ready for little hiccups, you know, yeah. not that you're, you're hoping for them, obviously, but it's that you're ready for them. You know, it's like prepare for the worst, yeah. um, or, you know, you know, you hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst. And so, uh, knowing if your team knows you have a plan for when things do hit the fan, you know, mm-hmm. we, um, then I think they feel that security, that, that safety. And, um, yeah, to your point, like, it, the, it allows the whole team to not rock the pendulum too far either side. It, it's now we're all collectively being even keel. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my wife, Kinsey and I, we, we often talk about the same, same thing, but we refer to it as the roller coaster, you know, like things get really go really well, but we, we have to anticipate that there's going to be a, it's going to go back down. <laughs> and, and then the same thing when it goes down, it means there's something good that's going to happen and we have to anticipate that something good will happen as sure. well. So we always talk about it in terms of a roller coaster, but it's along the same lines of, of how, you know, you've explained. And that's certainly how our, our life has been uh, together is, is a, a roller coaster. There's things that go really well and then well, it goes back down. And that's when you want to, you know, let the bottom just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. But what keeps us I guess, and to use your language, to keep us with a shallow rock bottom or a small, <laughs> a small uh, uh, dip in the roller coaster is knowing that it's gonna it's gonna go back up. It's gonna go back up, right? Yeah, I love that. And and you know, and just randomly in terms of thread wallets, man, it's funny how often I see people with it because you know I it's like hey I know I know that guy, <laughs> I know the guy <laughs> who started that, but uh, I see kids with them all the time, and it's funny too. Just the other day, I saw. Um, you know, uh, a leader, like a high level executive level leader, you know, old, not, not old, but older yeah. generation than from I'm, what I'm sure a lot of your, your, um, customers are, you know, he's in a nice, nice suit and he pulls out his wallet. That's <laughs> a thread. <laughs> I loved awesome. it. I loved it. Um, that makes me happy. Yeah. And man, my, my, you know, my sister-in-laws and, uh, are in college right now. I know, I mean, they and all their friends have them. So I, I just, it's successful. So I love, I love seeing, yeah. I love seeing that just being very far, farly connected to it. But in some way I, I, love, yeah, that, I love seeing the success it, you have. That never gets old, man. You gotta, you gotta celebrate too. I think to the point of not letting yourself get too high when things go well, you also still have to make sure you're celebrating. You know, you can't just like always be in the middle. You can swing on one side or the other, but it's just making sure it's under control. And so I think celebrating these small moments, even when it's like, walking down the street and you see somebody carrying a thread wallet for me, that will never get old. And I'll <laughs> celebrate that every single time and I'll get that high and that validation that I need. Um, but yeah, but did not let it get to a point where it becomes pride. The moment that it, your, your joy becomes almost like that, that prideful. Mm-hmm. That's when I think you better be in it. You better be ready for a massive dip in the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's uh, nature, mother nature, God, or, karma, whatever it is, has a funny way of teaching us that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, 10 or so minutes that we, we have left, I'd love to, you know, ask some maybe more specific, uh, leadership questions. You've been addressing leadership the whole time, which I really appreciate. Um, but 
you know, I, I'm curious on where you, and it's, it's through life experience, I know, but where have you learned leadership qualities? I mean, who, who, and who in your life or what in your life has you feel has shaped, um, uh, the leader that you've, you've become and are becoming, um, both the weaknesses and the strengths. I mean, for, for me, I quickly would say my father, um, has been an incredible example to me and he's never been, uh, in the world standards, uh, success, successful financially, uh, or anything, but he is the most successful person in my mind and has taught me incredible, incredible lessons on leadership. Um, and he, it's not like he's ever held high titles of leadership, but that's who I would turn to, you know, with that question, but who is that or what has that been, um, for you and why? Yeah. I think to your point, every leader is also a follower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to be following the right people, um, and knowing who the right people are, um, will turn you into a leader just automatically. And so for me, following my dad's footsteps, um, was huge. My, while my mom was, struggling with her addiction and there's a lot of other things. Um, my dad has always been the rock and the rock consisted of getting outside of himself and serving others. Um, looking at how he came, um, for instance, my, one of my best friends growing up, he, you know, put him through, through college. He gave him a car. Um, he, my best friend lost his dad. So this gives you a little bit of background, lost his dad in, in third grade. So my dad's, you know, stood up to the plate and kind of, was that dad figure for him is my friend's Chris. And, um, you know, watching my dad do that was, um, it just, it, it taught me a lot. And that was just one of the things, but my dad's an entrepreneur. Um, he's always been supportive. He's come to like every single soccer game, you know, like it's, uh, just, I yeah, think he, he'd, he'd come out to our Hawaii games, man. I mean, it was, yeah, he, he flew out to Hawaii. He was at every California game. Mm-hmm. I think there's, um, the, you know, having that close, of an example was, was really helpful. What was hard was, um, just what well, a few years ago, actually still kind of coming out of it. He hit like a really, really bad midlife crisis. When I got married, I think it hit him that like, he didn't have to be the rock anymore. I'm the youngest. Everyone was out of the house. Everyone was doing well. And I think he just started to let go. And, mm-hmm. um, for me to watch somebody who I've seen as a rock my whole life, just struggle through things has been one of the hardest things, but it's also helped me realize that like, um, people like that, they suffer from emotions along the way. Yeah. And that if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself and healing along the way, those wounds will get ripped open later on. And you can't just sweep these things under the rug for so long. You have to, you have to con- confront your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you're feeling and you're, you're, um, processing and navigating them the right way yeah. uh, in a healthy way, a lot or else they will come back and they, it will hurt. And so, um, that has been hard. And I guess I've turned to other sources of examples, obviously, you know, I'm religious as you can tell, but I, you know, Jesus Christ has been, um, is one of those examples of being a leader where he, he can, um, be a leader for the masses. And then he can also be the guy that will wrap your, wrap his arm around you and, mm-hmm. and lift you up and, um, that one-on-one leadership role. And I, I've appreciated his counsel to me throughout my journey. Cause it's, uh, it's been gnarly and, and it's, it's good that I have someone who's been a rock and while he's not physically, I know I can't see him or film, but, um, and there's no doubt he's been, been with me along the way. So, um, definitely him and you can read about all of his, 
examples in scripture. And so I, I take a lot of lessons from that. Um, but then the last one I would say quickly is my father-in-law. Um, while my dad is very much a red personality, very aggressive, very competitive, um, he, he found success with, because of his competition, he found success in his, in the industry he's in. Mm-hmm. While my father-in-law, who's also a financial advisor, is way less competitive. He's like, he wears the same jean shorts since like the nineties and he like doesn't care less about materialistic anything. And he's just, you know, he's just that way. He also found success in the industry from his approach. And so it gave me a new perspective of like how you can be this humble Mm -hmm. um, person who's very family oriented um, and puts God first and see how you can, you can balance that balance leadership that way. And so um, I look at both, you know, my father and my father-in-law as some of the best leaders in my life. That's awesome. Thank you um, for sharing that and, and, you know, being vulnerable and willing to share some of these stories. Um, uh, I can relate, you know, sort of with, with my father. Um, he was always a superhero to me as I became an adult and, um, you know, constantly seeing uh, my father uh, not be given opportunities and, and sure, I and I and others could blame it on whatever we want that he's, you know, he's from another country. English is his third language. He's a, a minority person of color, whatever the case may be. He never uses any of those reasons uh, to say why he didn't get something or why he didn't get a certain opportunity. Uh, he just sees the world completely differently. And, and as he's gotten older and he became out of work, what was hard for me was to, to see that, you know, to see somebody, to see that people didn't value um, my father the way that I did, because he's, you know, just the most incredible person I've ever, you know, known. And, and uh, there's, there, there's been some suffering there, you know, mostly on, on his part and perhaps my, my mother, but, but for me also, and, and as you were talking about this idea of suffering and then facing it, it reminded me, you know, when we talk about soil within the Institute and we talk about deeply seeing we, we go over this concept um, of, of using our suffering well, you know, as leaders, how, how can we use our suffering well? We're all going to suffer. We're all going to hit some sort of rock bottom, whether it's shallow or not. And that's to some degree brings suffering along with it. And we ask them, how can we use our suffering well? Because there's a difference between breaking, you know, between just breaking versus breaking open. And mm-hmm break breaking is just breaking and it's and it's falling and not knowing when you can get up and breaking open allows that that sense of vulnerability to enter and that that sense of wanting to improve and the humility that comes along with it so um i i love that you know you brought that up and it came up organically but it connects so well to to some of the principles that we you know we go over what would you say and i'm going to transition here just to you know um keep us moving a little bit but what would you say has been, uh, you know, one or two of your your weaknesses as a leader that, um, you know, that you're working on right now? Yeah, I mean, I believe it or not, I just I had a lot of small opportunities to be a leader growing up. You know, I've been a you know the captain of my soccer team on every team I've been on, and you know, within our my church that I go to, I've had opportunities like that. But I think one of my biggest weaknesses in all of that was I actually never saw myself as a leader. I don't, I don't, I don't think I realized, um, I guess what other people saw in me. And I think 
to a fault, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really just my inadequacies. And I always felt like uh, they call it the imposter syndrome, where it's yeah. like you just feel like you're so out of place. And um, and to me, I've always, always felt that not until probably nine months ago. And I think when I started to excel as a leader was when I could accept myself as a leader, mm-hmm. when I could actually see myself as like, I belong here. I'm actually supposed to be here. This is where I contribute. This yeah. is my 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 special sauce as a person. I never saw that before. And I think it came because in life I'm pretty naive. I think I I looked at um everyone and think and I guess just thought it's not like the things that I would excel in. For instance, I thought everyone should be able to do that, right? Like that was just that's just normal, right? Like that's just the way the way I think is the way everyone is thinking. Yeah. But it's like the more people I've interacted with and gotten to work with, I've gotten less naive and I've realized, wait, maybe the way I think is actually special. Maybe I do have a special talent that I didn't see before. Yeah. And I and nine months ago I started to realize I do have these things that people don't have. This is where I I excel. Mm-hmm. And so when I could actually pinpoint those things then I think I could step into a leadership role way more confidently and actually be a leader. And you probably saw it, Chris, like when I was a captain at BYU Hawaii, I, I probably like you called it late, you called it lax or I was a relaxed style. That's because I felt so out of place. I felt so uncomfortable being in a leadership role. And I just didn't know how to do it. Um, and so I guess now, and I'm still working on it is like, where do I excel? Where, where am I bringing the most value to the company? Especially as now, like early on, I, I wore a ton of hats. You know, I was doing everything at Thread. I was shipping, I was doing production, fulfilling yeah. marketing, photo shoots, et cetera, et cetera. Now I have delegated all that. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what do I do? Like, what, where, where am I contributing to Thread? Um, and so I, I look at that and I go, where I excel is I'm a visionary. I can look ahead. I plan ahead. I, I can see um, potential with people and with product. Um, I, uh, I would say I'm, I'm good with people and allowing them to have the autonomy they need to excel and to give them the resources and the direction, but let, let them do it. And I think I excel in that. And so using my talents, what, I'm, what I feel like I'm good at to now actually lead. And then the places where I'm not good at, acknowledging where I'm really bad and let other people fill in those holes. Yeah. And so I think that's something that's just an ongoing um, discovery of like, where do I stand strong and where am I weak and where do I need to fill in the holes? So I would say that's where I'm working on right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. A lot of nuggets uh, in there and, and I'm hearing, you know, without you saying these words, but just a heightened sense of self-awareness um, and, and uh, including not just us, but, you know, the situation, situational awareness and um, a couple of things for what it's, for what it's worth uh, you know, back in those days, uh, you know, and I was, I, w- I too was a fellow leader of the team, you know, a, a captain, but yeah. I always, yeah. uh, looked up to you. I thought that you were, you led by, uh, example. Oh, and um, I thought the exact same way to you, dude. I was like, no, that's a leader. I, when I looked to you, I was like, that's who the captain is. I, I think Mark just put me as a captain because I was a captain at BYU for some reason. And I was like, I'm just out of place. Let's just, let's follow Chris. No, I, and I, I'm not just, I'm not just saying that either. That's genuinely how I felt. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, same same way. I, I genuinely felt uh, the same way, and and it's funny. I felt highly out of place, and and I resonate with that as well. Uh, uh, you know, in my life, I keep I keep I have continued to be given responsibilities that I feel completely inadequate for, <laughs> and uh, um, even with the things I'm doing now, and uh, you know, thankfully for my wife and God to 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 remind me that there's some reason why I'm doing this. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I would. I mean, I would, I would kind of shrivel because I, I just, I, I, I have that sense of feeling out of place. So I, uh, you know, I didn't know you were going to bring that up, but it resonates deeply with me personally. I feel like I'm sometimes in the same exact boat, uh, that you, <laughs> that you just brought up. Uh, well, you know, a couple of last questions and you've, you've already answered this in many ways, but now just me being intentional with the question, perhaps there's more you can add to it or some affirming comments you can make, but. I mean, what would be your message to to leaders, whether it's a current leader, whether they have a ton of experience or they're just starting out, they're a future leader? What would be your message if you had, you know, um, two minutes to to share with them, uh, you know, a message around leadership that could be helpful to them? What would you, I mean, what would you share with them? What would you say? Um, the book, Good to Great, has this in like, in the best words, but I they call I believe I haven't read it for a while. I think it's called like the number level five leader or something. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. what what they what that best leader has is humility, and and I think that is the key ingredient. Uh, uh, a leader without humility can't be great. And so, I mean, I won't get into politics, but I think when when we're electing, when we're looking at who to follow, um. I think we have to follow those people who are humble mm. and um, who are willing to acknowledge where they're, where they are weak and um, to realize that it's not all about them and that they're not motivated by power or for whatever, you know, selfish reasons. Yeah. And I think to me, if you want to be a great leader, you have to, you have to get down on your knees and, and share your gratitude um, to God or to whatever, you know, just, even if it's just to your spouse or to a friend, yeah. just acknowledge where you're, where you're grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that humility and, and gratitude are pretty much brothers and you know, brother and sister. They're mm-hmm. like, they're just, they're a partner. And so, um, I've always done that every single night, you know, I just am, am in awe and express verbally how grateful I am for what we have, you know, and, I think the second part of that would be to have pure intentions. So again, not in it for selfish reasons, but in it for the right reasons. When you're following somebody who's not in it for themselves and they're looking to give back with whatever they're given, then I think that's when you find the most success, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're attracting light, light just attracts light. And so yeah. you're, you're attracting the right people, the right soil, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then um, with the right soil, it's hard to fail. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I would say summing it up, humility and then pure intentions. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're given so many great nuggets. I hope, uh, people are writing these things down. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love, I love that. And it's, it's funny, the coincidence, you know, as I, as I told you already, when I was preparing, I'm just writing things that I wanted to bring up and I have humility, like bigger, bigger than everything else. Cause, because, and again, you know, humble people, uh, don't say these things about themselves, but, uh, when I think of you, I think of humility and I don't say that to, 
to puff your Cheeto or to, you know, to make your head, head, head big. Cause I know that you wouldn't let, allow it anyways, but, um, it's just funny that, you know, that's how you answer that question. The humility has been a, a theme here and, and, you know, that's was something that, you know, I, I made note of, um, just thinking about you reflecting, um, on, on this episode. Uh, I, yeah. And I, I just want to also say that, you know, humility comes with confidence. Humility doesn't mm-hmm. mean you lay down and die. You know, there's, there's a level of confidence that you need to have too. And, um, I guess to the point that I'm young, that I'm a very young leader. Um, you know, I'm still learning. That's, uh, nine months ago is when I really felt like I could be a leader. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel still very new to all this. So, you know, thanks for asking me these questions. Um, I don't pretend to know all the answers, but I think that when you ask these questions, I, I can look internally and realize, um, where I can improve. So, um, I guess thanks for even looking at me the way you do. And, and, uh, some of the things you were saying, I was here just crying because, uh, yeah, I just, people see things in, in, you know, in you when you don't see them. So, um, I think for any leader, any person who, um, is considered a leader, just know that there's a reason you're there. Yeah. And so to like take, to really take advantage of that opportunity and to find out why you're there. Um, even if you do feel inadequate, just figure it out and, and find out why. Um, I think that's when you'll, you'll start to progress and, um, take those steps forward. At least that's been the formula that I've taken and it's, um, done well for me so far. Yeah. I appreciate it. I've, uh, one of my favorite things in, in doing these, we're only, you know, 10, 12 episodes in, but I love what I get to learn from people and uh, the conversations that we get to have. And that's our goal is to contribute to, to more information and stories and knowledge to, to share with others. And I, I feel like you greatly contributed to that in this small little pocket of the, the world. And for whoever listens to this, whether it's just a few or many, um, I'm just, I'm appreciative. And I mean, every, everything that what I've, yeah. what I've shared about you, uh, and how I've, how I, uh, admire you, that those are, those are real and authentic to me. And I, I greatly appreciate it. I, I hope that, um, you know, we can remain friends for, for many years. Um, uh, even, yeah, yeah, even if it's keeping in touch every <laughs> once in a while, but, but I sure appreciate you, man. Uh, and uh, I, I admire you and I'm grateful that you, you took the time to, to share with me and to share with us, uh, whoever it is that's been listening today. So appreciate it, brother. Well, likewise, bro. Appreciate you. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll let you go, but Colby, again, you're the man. Um, I need to get a new thread soon cause mine's uh, wearing out a little bit. I've had it for too Dude, long. <laughs> te- text me your address. I'll, uh, I'll send you a bunch of stuff. Oh, there, we go. there we go. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, yeah. brother. Good to have you on. Yeah, bro. Okay. Bye, man. Yep. See ya. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, uh, you heard it. You heard it uh, from the, one of the best, at least in my eyes. Um, hopefully, you were able to 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 get a lot from today um, and and sense the authenticity and uh, the genuineness uh, that Colby has and in his interactions, not just with me, but in how he carries himself and how he speaks. He 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 he's not just. Uh, a show and just doing that, you know, on the surface, I, I, he, he's really that way and appreciate him. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a great episode. We've had a lot of, uh, things that we've, we've touched on. Be safe. Take care. We'll talk to you next time.